Welcome back to 10 Minutes Before Class. I'm Professor Diascro. Today's episode is about letters of recommendation, specifically the process of asking your professors for letters. Most of you will have the opportunity and the need to ask at least one of your professors for support when you apply for graduate school, for law school, for an internship, for a job after school. It can be pretty nerve-wracking to approach someone to write a letter for you. There are many reasons that this might be true. Um, You know they're busy and you don't want to put them out. Uh, You're afraid they'll say no, and then what will you do, and how will that make you feel? Or they'll say yes, and then you know that they'll be evaluating you again. (laughs) You've probably had class with them before. And they'll be evaluating your future, which is a little bit different. Um, And this can make you feel pretty vulnerable. So as professors, we know how this feels. Uh, We and many other adults actually have to ask for similar support from our supervisors and our colleagues and even teachers if if we're taking classes of our own when we're looking for new jobs, when we're looking for promotions, and when we have other ventures for which we need somebody to vouch for us. And it's hard. We have difficulty too. But you've got to do it. And in my experience, most professors and others are happy to write letters for their students. And if they're not happy to do it, usually it's because they're busy or they've got just a lot going on, they at least take it seriously as part of their job responsibility. If it turns out they're not happy to do it because they don't think they can write you a strong letter, then I hope that they'll give you a heads up and encourage you to go to someone who can write for you in a way that's helpful. I know I've done that in the past, and I'll say a little bit more about this in a few minutes. So let me get to a list of things that I think will help you think about how to make the most of what's a challenging process. A lot of this comes from my own experience of decades of writing letters for my students, But for this episode, I also spoke to one of my best friends and colleagues who's at a major research university who has written hundreds of letters over the years and had a lot of thoughts about how students can be successful in interacting with their professors in this way. So with talking to her and my own experience, I put together four categories of questions, each with a few uh, specific questions in them. The first category is who to ask, and there's about three questions here. So you want to focus first on someone who can write positively. Be intentional about your choice. Ask someone who you believe has a positive view of you or who can write a positive letter. Often we think of positive as a function of your work and your grade in the class you took, and I think that that's often uh, the way we understand it. It's usually a good idea then to select a professor in whose class you earned a strong grade or you did strong work, okay? That makes sense to most of us. You also, as a second point, you also want to ask somebody with relevant experience for your application. Sometimes you might be looking for someone with whom you worked as a research assistant or in a lab or in some other capacity, someone who's been a mentor to you, not necessarily someone who taught you in a course. So in these different capacities, a professor might write a very different kind of letter than they would if you had taken a class from them. So you want to select your recommender based on the kind of letter you need and who you believe can comment on the relevant skills or experience that you have. So think carefully about it. The third point in who to ask is someone you know. 
Usually this means someone you've taken a few classes with or you've worked for in those capacities I just mentioned. Usually when you're looking for a professor with whom you've taken classes, you're probably an upper division student when you get to kind of choose classes. You have more electives the further along you get in your college career. And so sometimes you get the opportunity to to take a class over and over again with somebody, and that can forge a relationship where the professor knows you and you know them, and they can, they'll recognize you when you ask for uh, a letter. But if you really connect with a professor in, let's say, a freshman class when you were first starting out, and it turns out you can't take a class from that person again for a while, which often happens early on then you can try to stay in touch with them so that you maintain that connection. And then when it comes time later to ask for a letter, this will be somebody who you know. And again, we're not talking about like someone you know as a friend, right? We're talking about someone who you know in the context of school. And so knowing is not, you know, really closely knowing, but somebody who just recognizes you and and kind of knows who you are and knows a little bit about your work. So my friend told me that she's had students who took her Intro 101 class during their first semester of their freshman year and who show up in their junior year to ask for a letter of recommendation. And they'll say that they remember her and they loved her class and they earned a high grade and whatnot. But, you know, from her perspective, she said that class probably had like 150 students in it. So it was a big class. And she's probably taught like 600 students since then. So the odds that she remembers any one student well enough to write a strong letter is like zero. Even if that student, you know, spoke up and came to office hours, it's just been a while with a lot of students in between. But she tells me that when she has a few students from early introductory classes who stop by office hours on occasion, who email to ask when there'll be another class that they can take from her, or they send her a news article every once in a while about current events or something that they talked about in class, then she's more likely to remember them. And then when they ask for a letter, even if they haven't taken other classes from her, she's more likely to remember them and she can kind of legitimately write a letter that says, I know this student. Okay, so that's the first category, who to ask. The second category is how and when to ask. So my first point is about contacting the professor. And email is fine. My friend said that some of her students have told her that the career and counseling centers at her university recommend asking in person. And she doesn't think that that's necessary, and quite frankly, neither do I. Most of my students have to ask by email because when they need me, they're no longer in town in my program. So that's one reason they can't see me in person. But when I was on campus, I often had students who weren't at the university anymore when they needed a letter, or they didn't have time in their schedules to see me in person. So that was totally fine with me um, if they didn't come to see me personally. If you're not sure, you can drop an email to make the basic request of somebody, ask the recommender if they'd like to get more information by by email or in person, if that's an option, and then someone can tell you what they prefer. A couple things before I move on to kind of the in-person qualifications. One is that if you're going to email, I suggest having someone proofread your email. It's easy to be informal in electronic communication. It's easy to make typos and not correct them in electronic communications. And you don't want to do that, especially when you're asking for a letter. I might also say that you should be formal in addressing your professors. Not everybody feels the same way about this, but I always think that you're better safe than sorry. Using titles like professor or doctor, I think is really important. 
The only time I wouldn't do this is if you're already on a first name basis with the professor. But in my experience, that's not common. So just be sure, err on the side of being a little bit more conservative and formal. Okay, in person, if you're going to make the request in person and not by email, try to do it during the professor's office hours or ask about when it's convenient for them. This is really important. If you do it during office hours, be sensitive to time that's required to meet the needs of the students who are in the current class of the professor. You might have to go back at a different time if there's no room for you. Remember, even though we write letters all the time and we're happy to do it when we can, you're asking for a favor. So you want to be as considerate as you can with your professor's time. If they ask you to come back or they ask you to make a separate appointment outside of their office hours, be open to doing that. Remember, they're doing something for you again. And even though we're happy to do it and we do it all the time, our time is valuable just as yours is. And we want to make sure that we come um, to an agreement about when the best time to meet would be. The second point here is to ask for the letter at the time that you're actually applying. And this may seem a little obvious, but I've often had students ask me to write at some time in the unspecified future. And I often will say yes, because of course, I'm happy to do it. And I know the student at the moment. And yes, I will write you a letter. But then like a year later, or even sometimes longer, the request comes in just assuming that I will do it. And Sometimes my circumstances have changed. Sometimes the students' circumstances have changed. I might not have as much time or I not I may not be able to write as strong a letter as I thought I would when I agreed to it initially. So as early as you can in your application process is probably appropriate, but be sure that you're in the application process and not just kind of anticipating it at some point down the line. That will help you quite a bit. Okay, so the third category is what to provide. And here the first point is that you want to make it as easy for the recommender as possible. Email or provide in person, if that's the route you go, the request for the letter with information about what it is for, whether it's for an internship, graduate school, law school, job, whatever. When it's due, what classes you had with the professor and what semester or term, quarter, and year. We don't remember students often, even if it's a year ago. So having that information to look up to determine if we can write a strong letter or not is really important. You might also consider sending a version of the primary assignment you produced for the class as well. That can be helpful. And often the university, the program, the organization that you're applying to has electronic portals for submitting letters of recommendation. And so When you request a letter, you'll then, from a professor, you will then tell the organization that you have made that request, and then the organization will send a URL link to us so that we can submit our letter electronically. So you want to make sure that you make those requests and that you know that that link will be coming as well to us so that we can can watch out for it. The second point is that after you make that initial request of us and you send some preliminary information, you want to watch your email for additional requests from your professor. So don't just kind of not go back to your email. You've made the request and now it's off your radar. You need to stay kind of in tune. You want to be on top of this and be prompt if you want a letter on time. So for example, not only do I want grades, but I like to include a description of my students' research papers in my letters. If I don't have one for the student who's requesting the letter, then I'll often respond by saying, please send it to me if you have a version of it. 
Also, I often ask for a draft of um, the student's personal statement if they're including one in their application. I usually promise not to evaluate it, although I'm happy to review for composition and grammar if, if I have time. But those kinds of statements give me some context that I might not otherwise have for the letter when I'm writing it. So that's really important. An example of this is that I often write letters for law school and one often writes fairly kind of these standard letters for all law schools um, into a kind of a, a central portal, and then they're distributed to whatever law schools the student's applying to. And so they read kind of just like rotely and not very, they're not very personal. So I do like to throw in some kind of legal, intellectual, or other interests that a student might have when I can or when I think it's appropriate so that I can help distinguish the student I'm writing for from other applicants. Other professors might like writing samples. They might ask you for a resume and other pieces of information. And some professors might even follow up and ask you some specific questions to get additional information to include. So you just want to be ready, sit on your email, know that you've made a request and that somebody may be responding to you to ask for additional information. The third point in this third category is deadlines. I mentioned this before, but really definitely include a deadline. We're often juggling many requests at a time for letters from students. Um, There are seasons for this. And then we also have just like lots of other work to do and responsibilities. And so we have lots of deadlines for lots of things. And it's really important then that we know how to organize our time around application deadlines. So if a student doesn't give me a deadline, I have to follow up and say, you know, what's your deadline for this so I can work it into my schedule? It's really helpful if I don't have to think about that and worry about it, which I will. It's better if you send it to me, give me kind of your drop dead date, and then I will put it in my calendar and make sure that I get the letter uh, submitted for you on time. Okay, the fourth category is follow-up communications. So two things in this category, Um, there's probably more, but these are the two that stand out to me. First is a thank you or plural thank yous. You should write a thank you email after the professor agrees to write for you. And you should write another thank you after the professor submits the letter. Usually you'll know when the letter has been submitted because either they'll let you know that they sent it off or you'll get a notification from the university or program that the letter's been submitted electronically. So after that happens, you just want to send a thank you. It is polite. It is really good practice for your professional lives as well. So think of this as a way of um, practicing your professional skills. The second point or the second uh, type of communication in this category are reminders. Keep an eye on the deadlines. And if you haven't heard from the professor since the time that they agreed to write for you, and you don't have a sign anywhere that the letter's been submitted for you, then you should absolutely and politely, but absolutely follow up with a reminder. You can always say something like, you know, I really appreciate that you agreed to write for me. I know you're busy. And I just wanted to remind you that the deadline for the letter is on such and such a date. If there's any additional information I can provide, please don't hesitate to ask me. Thank you for taking the time blah, blah, blah. So something like that would be really useful. I love getting reminders. It's totally fine, especially when a student is polite, just to have my memory jogged and to make sure that I'm looking ahead maybe to next week when it's in my my calendar. Okay, so those are some of the basics. If you've been through this process before and you've learned something from your own experience that you think would be helpful to others and that I can add to this list, you know, please let me know, of course. 
Remember, it's hard to ask professors to help you in this way, but we are ready and we are willing. We just can't read your mind. So you've got to reach out and you've got to make the ask, however hard it is. I hope this is a helpful episode for you. As always, reach out with additional ideas on this topic or propose others that you'd like to hear about in future episodes. Always happy to work your ideas um, into this podcast. And until next time, be safe and be well. 